This is a Podfire production. Episode 9 of Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. I've got my good mate Brendo here again. How are you, mate? G'day, Rob. How are you? Excellent. Had a good week? Yeah, had a great week. How about yourself? Down in Sydney? Yeah, I went down to Sydney. Had a fantastic time down there watching football. Took my wife out to a show. It was fantastic. Um, Let's get straight into it, eh? It's another week down. What's um, the eye-catcher for you, Brendo? Cairns Footy. North Queensland Footy is my eye-catcher. Yeah. Now, you did mention something to me about this before, and I wasn't quite sure where you were going, but... I think I get it. What, what do you mean? Look, I went up to Cairns a couple of years ago and watched the AFL game, which was in July, I believe. Yep. And it was fantastic. 25 degrees, beautiful day. No humidity. No humidity. Great game of footy. Yep. It was just great. And so what do we do this year? They put it on at night in April where it bucketed down. It was, it was crazy talk, really. I mean, what we have? Nine goals. Was it nine goals? 31? Yeah. Something like that, which was the third worst goal-kicking accuracy in a game of VFL, AFL ever. Yeah. So I don't normally like to clip people, but I'm going to give the AFL a bit of a clip on a that A little one. bit. QAFL would never have um, endorsed that, would they? No doubt. No, What's they yours? Would. Mine, look, I was down in Sydney and I had the pleasure of watching Will Ashcroft play for the Brisbane Lions. So I'll give a little bit of an Ashcroft watch. We talked about that a few weeks ago, so save a bit of time later on. But 24 disposals. He just looked, he looked like he'd been playing in the team all year. He just... Fit in beautifully. He was taking centre bounces. He was um, he played an amazing game of footy for someone who's just dropped into a system like that. And I notice he actually hasn't turned eighteen yet. He's no. still a seventeen year old. Still a seventeen year old. You know, I'm really hopeful as a as a Brisbane supporter that he he does nominate as a father son. I think as the season goes on, um, you know, if he's going to go number one or two in the draft, he'd have to be worried about going to WA. You know, he's talking about being a Victorian and wouldn't mind staying in Victoria. Well, you know, you're probably better off dropping yourself into a um, club like Brisbane at the moment, seeing how you go for a few years and see what happens. How did I go? Did I sell that well enough? Oh, terrific, Rob. Excellent. So that, that's definitely my eye catcher of the week, and um, let's get on with the show. Okay, let's start with the AFL, Brendo. What happened? So Sydney Swans... 13-9, 13-11, 89, apologies. Uh, defeated by the Lions, 17-11, in the Sunday afternoon game. What did you think? Uh, Neil had a heap of it, 37 possessions. McCluggage was fantastic. Rayner, um, Charlie Cameron and McStay, all three goals. It was, a, it was a really good performance. I was at the game, um, 30,110. Absolutely no doubt 30,000 of those were supporting the Swans. And what the Lions were able to do was they, they shut the crowd out of the game. It was fantastic what they did in that first half. The crowd sort of got involved when Buddy did his thing, though, didn't they? Oh, my goodness. Did they what? It was it was magic. Look, I was a Lions supporter, and I was kind of hoping he was going to kick another goal. It was just amazing. The crowd just went off. The Swans were well and truly back in it. We're not talking about an ordinary football team in the Swans. And when we look at... Um, Buddy Franklin, we're not talking about an ordinary footballer. It was amazing, you know. Um, they they charged back into it, but that's where the Lions showed, I think, the most maturity I've seen from them in years. Yeah, that's the that's the word that, that came to my mind on the performance. It was a mature performance. It really stamps their credentials as, you know, perhaps even a top two team. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, Neil, uh, Zorko, Jared Lyons was quiet, but what he did was really, really telling at times. And I think Cam Rayner, look, I think he had 12 possessions, Rayner, but kicked three goals. 
if Rayner has 12 possessions and kicks three goals, he's doing a good job. Yeah, no doubt about you know, that. So um, he doesn't need to have 20 possessions to, to turn a game, but he, he did really well. And I thought Calamachi, a ex-son, come across the lines. Again, just showed a little bit more again that he he's there in that team for a reason. Yeah, so the Lions would be well pleased. The Suns, 14-690 against Collingwood, 17-13-115. I was sitting watching the reserves at the SCG at that time. I've seen the highlights. Did you watch that game at all? Look, I saw the highlights as well. Uh, and I, I listened to a part of the game while I was, I was coaching junior footy uh, while it was on. So to and from, I was listening to parts of it. It's a little bit frustrating, a little bit bit of a broken record. You know, the Suns have a go. Uh, they, they match Collingwood in a lot of areas, you know, the contested possessions and clearances and, and those sort of things, but just lack the polish going forward. It's almost, you know, copy-paste from last week, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, we use the term honourable loss in our game a lot. They're just having too many of those at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, it's getting a bit frustrating. Um, you know, Big Levi and, and Chole are probably surpassing expectations Absolutely. On, on what we would have thought they'd be out of, what their output would be at the start of the year. Miller keeps on going hard. Anderson's doing really well, but it just can't quite... Just, just doesn't click. The next the next level doesn't click, yeah, does they it? Just yeah. can't quite get it done. I'm a little bit worried about David Swallow. His output is is sort of diminished somewhat, I think, from what he previous previously has been. And look, their pressure is on for them the Suns to start winning. Swallow's carried that team for a long time. You know, you you can certainly forgive him for being a little bit battle worn. Yeah, look, he's definitely battle worn and and so forth. But we, you know, at the end of the day, we need the results to start coming. Absolutely. Look, and the Suns. I guess another hard hard job from them this week when they play Sydney down in Sydney. Um, so it's not going to get any easier for them. But they did pull off a big victory down in Sydney a few years ago against the Swans. So you never yeah, know. Let, let, yeah, let's let's hope that happens. And look, I guess for on the positive side, the glass half full side, they never at any time um, threw in the towel. And you know, in the third quarter they were surging, and a bit like last week, uh, Levi Casbold, who had a very good game as we mentioned before, kicking four. He had a shot at goal that, you know, was very gettable. Missed the goal. The ball rebounded straight up the other end. And, and they put, would have put the Suns to within a goal, I believe, at the time. And they probably just, you know, took the... Just uh, takes the wind out of you. And that's exactly what happened the week before with Alex Davies, who missed one and Brisbane took it down and kicked a goal. So it does it does take the wind out of you when that happens. And quick mention to the uh, Suns uh, cheer squad down in Melbourne. Uh, my father was actually at this game, and he said they were really, really loud. And and you know what they lacked in numbers, uh, they didn't. They certainly didn't. They lack do in have a crack, don't they? Yeah. You, you hear them, especially at the Marvel games. You you hear them really well because of the the roof there. But they they do have a real crack, don't they? Hey, um, Brenda, we've got a special guest who's just literally just walked in. Who have we got? She's just behind you. It's Kath Newman. So let's let's get her into the chair. We'll just get her in and let's um, have a chat to Kath and get her story, hey? And we've got a very special guest again this week, Brendan, in the in the studio. We've got Kath Newman, who is the Gold Coast Suns Academy Manager. Welcome, Kath. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely awesome, and thanks for coming in. Um, Welcome, Kath. Great to have you here. Kath, you are the, the Gold Coast Suns Academy Manager, and I know you've had a long association with Australian Rules Footy. So just give us a bit of a rundown on, on what you've done over the years. Yeah, so I, it's a little bit of a journey. So I was a phys ed teacher. So um, I did my level one of um, Australian Rules coaching when the Bears 
breakfast, but the lines were still bare, so that's a long time ago. Um, and then when I'd sort of had enough of teaching after 25 years, there was a spot available as the regional manager in Townsville. Uh, so I thought I'd give that a bit of a crack for a few years. Did that for six years and then um, made the move down to Brisbane as the state female talent manager. Um, and with the restructure of AFL, that position sort of became redundant. Uh, and then I moved back into game development and then in November last year started as the Gold Coast Suns Academy manager. That's outstanding. You said you were up in Townsville for six years. I've got family up there and we sometimes forget that Queensland's a big state when it comes to football as well. Um, the growth of the game up in Townsville, what did you see during your time up there? A huge growth. So I actually was the strength and conditioning coach for the academy when it first started in 2011 so my my start with the the academy started way back then but the growth has been amazing there's been a number of players that have been drafted from Townsville so Josh Williams Braden Proust who's playing at the yep. moment Josh Hall was a student with, of, of mine so I did some high jump with him when he was at school um, and then the girls that have come through so Daisy Darcy Ellie Hampson but we saw the women's competition kick off and is now flying flourishing with six teams that are really competitive. And obviously a few of your academy guys from up north as well? Yeah, so all of those guys have come through the academy um, and also, you know, the, the coaches that have come through that system as well. So it's been really good to see those the under-18s come down. They, we relocate them. Um, they come down and they have uh, a bit of a go at um, academy football and sometimes they hang around and then stay. Um, either If they don't get drafted, they then become part of the state league, which is uh, a really good pathway for them. Yeah, so briefly on that, how do you sort of identify talent, uh, particularly in the regions? I guess, you know, southeast Queensland, we all can, we all can see where the players are and, and, and things are coming up. But in the regions, how do you sort of go about it? I know, for example... Um, a young fellow in your academy, Lawson Fords, from quite a remote area. So how do you find out about the Lawson Fords of the world? Well, the Lawson Ford story is amazing. So Lawson is 205 centimetres tall, was at boarding school in Chartist Towers, which is an hour and a half west of Townsville, but comes from a huge property of you know, around about a million acres, um, far, far west of Hewenden. Um, so he was just at a one-day gala day. Our game development staff and John Dietz, who is our North Queensland talent manager, uh, went to the day, spotted him, you can't miss him, um, and sort of put him on the pathway to be a part of our academy under-16s program, or it was under-17s last year. He then got a scholarship with the Gold Coast Suns to come down. He's now played only 13 actual games of football um, and is it just growing um, in stature from, you know, uh, from week to week and getting better and better each week. So you get them from far and wide. Absolutely. And, and obviously Kansas is a really good uh, a spot for us to find talent. So Jack Bowes, Alex Davies have come from Cairns um, and that's a really strong point. But that but right through, so the Academy Zone goes all the way through to Cape York and to the Torres Strait and all the way down to sort of 1770 Agnes Waters as well through the north. Yeah, so I think some people have a view of the, the Academies, and this is just not the Suns Academy, but also the Lions and the Giants and the, and the Swans, as basically, you know, how many players did you get drafted in this year and therefore has it been a success or not? It's 
much more wide-ranging uh, what the academy does for Australian, the growth of Australian football and developing markets. Could you just go into that a little bit? Yeah, so what we've done, um, and it's really transitioned from AFL Queensland used to run everything in talent, um, whereas now AFL Queensland and the AFL have handed that over to the academy. So we run programs right throughout our, our zone, right from under-13s all the way through to under-18s. So the old state... Um, state championships that used to run we now do that side of things so North Queensland would have a little championships would bring down the best kids uh, transition them so that in the future if they do show some talent um, that it's not a surprise when they get to the Gold Coast and a, a shock horror that they, they actually we tr- transition them down and, and run some camps and things like that. Yeah and I guess you know those players that have had the opportunity in local um, op- you know local regional areas to play the game um, you know, be part of a, an elite program. Um, they, you know, even if they don't get drafted, perhaps they, you know, become lovers of the game. You know, they play at local level, they play at state league level, um, they watch it on TV, they become members of, of the Suns and, and the Lions, for example. So all that, I'm sure, is part of your purview. Absolutely. So our, we see our purpose to get, make, make people feel belong to the, a, lot, a sense of belonging to the sport and the club um, to make them grow as people um, and also achieve whatever their potential is. So if that's just playing 100 games for their local club back where they belong, where, where, they, where they feel like they belong, or it's playing AFL or it's playing state league football, but our job is to get the best out of those people and also with the coaches who coach them. So we're not just focused on developing players but also the coaches that support the players because for every good coach that you you have obviously that's 25 30 good players that that can benefit from that how many players do you look after in the because you're looking after the under 16s the under 18s you got boys you got girls how many players as the gold coast suns academy manager are you looking after well in total there would be over 800 players that we have across the whole of the academy region um, throughout those age groups. We might not ask you to name all 800 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, no, I, would, I wouldn't like to name all 800, but I would hope that through the year I would have actually met each one of them. So the hubs that we have here in the Northern Rivers, we have one Gold Coast South, one Gold Coast North, I make sure that I go to those hubs. Certainly very involved in the under-16s, boys and girls, and the under-18s. I know all of those players quite well. And just turning our attention to the Academy Series, um, obviously we've got a final game this week. Uh, We've had, how many games have they played? About six all up? Yeah, so six six games um, and... Then we've had sort of a couple of games against the Brisbane Lions as well. So overall, it's about seven or eight games that they play, including um, their trial game they had against Surface Paradise. So could you provide our listeners with some of the highlights of the game so far and maybe a a brief preview of of the game this week? Yeah, so I guess even though it was a loss, and and I know you guys highlighted the um, score, the lying scoreboard, <laughs> the scoreboard gate. Um, good, to, good to see Kath was listening to <laughs> that the one, Queensland yep. Corridor Footy. Yep. Um, so to go to Melbourne, the boys were up and about. Um, they certainly tried to do everything, and you know, were it not for a few, you know, sort of fifty-fifty umpire calls, they probably could have got the job done. But 
the feeling back in the rooms after that, even though they were disappointed, you could see that they had put in 100% effort. It's probably, for me, not just about what you can see on the field, but when you see that group of young men um, training together, they want to be together, they're playing as a team. So it's academy football, yes, they want to try and achieve things for themselves, but they're playing really well as a team and very much team-focused. So for me, that's the highlight. And I guess you see personal growth from players, particularly ones that have moved away from home, um, you know, as part of your role as well. Yeah, so we've got a number of players who've come from North Queensland um, and you also see the ones that have left school that are starting their jobs, starting uni. Uh, they're trying to balance all of that um, and, you know, sort of work-life balance, but they all seem to be doing really well. So um, it's that support that we can give them around that well-being side of things, which um, that's something that we really pride ourselves on, making sure we're taking care of those players on and off the field. Very good. And this week's game, is it the GWS? Yeah, so this one's a rescheduled game from uh, a month or so, actually 27th of March, I think it was meant to be on, but the the ground was too wet in Sydney. So this one um, is going to be a, re, a, a rerun of that one. It's a late game, so 3.30 on Sunday. We've been flying in and flying out each week. Um, haven't seen the team list, but maybe I think uh, Coach Cotts has uh, maybe got a few t- different changes that he might like to do. And it all depends on which players are called up to VFL action as well as to who's available for us. So I think he'd like to give a few players who may not have had a run a little bit of experience on an away trip. Yeah, and I guess that is the challenge, isn't it? You've got a squad of 35 or thereabouts players. You want to give them all a go, but then you still want to be competitive at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And we've we've got some really good depth and the 17-year-olds that are coming through, we'd like to sort of give them a bit of experience for next year as well. Um, so I think whoever gets a run this week will certainly pull her on the red jumper and, and do us proud. So the next step for the academy guys, I guess a lot will return to Quaffle Clubs, which is exciting for those clubs and for the players, uh, but then also the Allies uh, selections just around the corner? Yeah, so in a couple of weeks' time, the Allies um, squad will be selected, which is around about 50 players. Um, we hope to get quite a few in that Um um, 17, 18, 19-year-olds in that one. So they then will select um, a team to play in the, the National Carnival, which isn't just a one-off sort of um, carnival. It's a sort of home and away series that they'll get to play across. So I know you, you've spoken about it being a team performance and those sort of things, but you know, are there some sort of players that are perhaps at the top end that we're sort of looking for ally selection and, and potentially for you know, AFL draft selection later in the year? Yeah, so, you know, they're all my children. don't want to sort of have favourites, <laughs> yeah, as it, you it know. kind of it is asking <laughs> you to, which is your favourite child, but... Um, really pleased with the way Jared Ackersley season has progressed. So I think he started off a, a little bit in sort of not in his own, like didn't feel well about himself, but the last couple of games he's really shown exactly what he can do. Cody Harrington, if he can kick some goals early, his confidence goes through the roof and I think he's almost unstoppable there. Um, Jed Foggo's been playing some really good football. Unfortunately, missed our last game through a bit of sickness, so he missed that one. Um, And Will Bella, who's been there and about for a long time, hopefully he gets his opportunity. We've got some 17-year-olds in Jake Rogers and Jed Jed Walter that 
hopefully will also, if they put some bottom ages in there, hopefully they'll get their run as well. Yeah, very good. Any questions from you, Rob? No, I'm just, you've blown me away with the 800, 800 players. I mean, I know that's a big umbrella that we're putting them under, but it just does show what an amazing effort these these academy academies do and, um, you know, what you're bringing through for football. And, um, you know, I think you should be just immensely proud of the work you're doing. And um, uh, from me, a, a huge thanks for coming in today and explaining a little bit of that for us. Yeah, thanks, Kath. I really appreciate your insights and good luck uh, with this week's game and for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thanks, Kath. And there goes Kath now. What a fantastic time we had there, Brenda. Yeah, great insight into the academy system and important that, you know, we, we've got um, the Suns Academy um, was the focus today, but all the academies probably in Sydney and, and in Brisbane as well, um, you know, fill that role in developing markets. really important. And I think it's the role they play in the greater game of AFL that we um, sometimes, as mere plebs, especially like myself, I know you're a lot you keep a lot closer eye on it than I do, but plebs like myself don't see that bigger picture. So it's been absolutely fantastic. And thanks again to Kath. All right, what have we got next? We got the VFL. We had one team, Southport had a bye this week, so they will be nice and fresh for their game this week. But um, we had two other games that I am trying to find the scores of. Okay, let me jump in, Rob. Ah, there it is. And I just found it too. Swans, 8, 7.55, were defeated by the Lions, 17, 12, 114. Um, we had this game, Rob? Absolutely. I was the first person in the SCG. They rang the bell to open the gates and bang, I was in. Um, and as I walked in, the players ran out for their warm-up. Um, 114 to 55, what a strange game. Eight goals, 250, the Lions had on the board before the Swans kicked a goal. Then, by halftime... The Lions had not touched the scoreboard again and the Swans had kicked six goals. Anyone watching the scores would have thought there was a raging wind. There was nothing. <laughs> it was just a bizarre game of footy. Um, the Lions, again, I think they kicked, uh, I think it might have been five goals or four goals in the third quarter and ran away with it in the end. But um, a really comprehensive win, but a, a strange game. Um, Cockatoo really showed that he's got a little bit too much class again for reserves, but he's just not performing at the senior level. Three goals. Blake Coleman, I love the look of this guy. He's He could be something special, I think, for the Lions. He kicked three again. Matheson was just outstanding. Mitch Robinson. Yeah, so what was the story with Robinson? Oh, well, the story is that he's just not at his full fitness. Okay. That's, that's what um, Chris Fagan said. Um, he said that he was available for selection for the AFL team, but they just felt that he wasn't at 100% fitness and at 100% form, wanted him to go back in the reserves and, and pick up that. Yeah, and look, he's probably not the most skillful guy going around, so he, he is one that probably does need to have you know, his fitness at, at, at 100%. At yeah. 100% to be I believe, this is just me as a, as a regular punter who watches a game every week, that he and Noah Answorth play a very, very similar role. So Noah's been injured for a couple of years. He's now back into the team. It's very hard to fit two of those crash and bash, get the ball forward types coming off that halfback, that wing wing area. So, But he was really polished in the reserves. And the one thing, 100% credit to Mitch Robinson, he went out there and put on a show. He was polished. He, he engaged with the players. When he kicked his first goal, they went around him as if it was his first goal in league footy at all. You know? And he was oh, right in good. the middle of it. He, he had a great time there, it looked like. And he, he, he applied his trade very well. Tom Berry was another one. Just continues to impress me. Um, and Will Ashcroft, 24 possessions. So it was, a, it was a good performance, good solid performance against two teams that were both one spot apart on the ladder. They both had two wins and two losses. So 
a good win down in Sydney. What about the Suns? Did you get to see any of this game? Look, it's I've only seen a, a few highlights, and yep. I was following the scores pretty closely. Um, and it was a little bit similar as well. The Suns got away, and then next yeah. minute you looked, and, and Werribee was suddenly in front. What's I going know. on there? I was watching it as well, and I watched the highlights, which I love from the VFL app at the moment. But um, 14-7-91, they defeated Werribee, 12-17-89. Both Queensland teams won again, so that deserves a bit of a cheer. Um, Sam Day and Joel Jeffrey, three goals each. What about Ned Moyle? Where's he at? Because he had an absolute dominant display in the ruck. Every time I watched the highlights, he was tapping the ball to somebody, and he had 54 hit-outs for the game. Yeah, so that's good that you know there's opportunity. You know, if Wits does go down, perhaps yep. perhaps there might be some opportunity later on in the year. Maybe they might rest Wits and, and blood young Moyle. Shows I mean, that he's probably you know almost he's developing. Ready for yeah, he's developing for a, a big ruckman. That's you, know, you can't do much more than dominate a game like that in the reserves. So. Um, a few players had a few possessions. What was it? Uh, Constable, 30. Atkins, 26. Nichols, 25 possessions, all getting plenty of the ball. Um, but a good win by the Suns. And look, interesting. Good to see Jack Bowes back. Yep. Um, and he was the one who actually kicked the, the winning goal. Oh, was he? Yes. Yes. So probably not really a noted goal kicker, but had the nerves of steel to, to slot the final goal to, to um, get the Suns over the line. Where I'd be, be disappointed with... 12, 17, 89, they obviously had their chances there. And uh, and with the um, possession getters, Constable and so forth, they, they probably need to um, get a, a little bit more experience into that AFL side. So yeah, expect look, a couple of changes this week. Win- winning form is good form, even if it's reserve-grade footy. At least they're um, they're getting the wins on the board, and that's a, that's a good thing. Now, there was no under-18 academy games. We had um, Cath on before. But one thing that I did forget to put on the run sheet that I'll just mention now is that the... The under-18 girls um, had a win over the Allies. They finished their carnival with a win. And um, Did they go undefeated? No, they lost one game, I believe it was. But uh, I was talking to Kath outside before, I would, uh, yeah, before we, we all started this, and um, she said that they were just immensely proud of the girls and the way that they've, they've developed in the last couple of years. So congratulations to them, and um, hopefully we'll see a few of those ladies get uh, drafted whenever that draft may be. QAFL time. Big week of QAFL games. Some very big scores. You um, know, you know, you want to do it, Rob. I know. I do. Can I? Can I bring it up? And you've, you're the one with the phone, right? And you've got all these numbers in your phone. Do you want to ring another coach? I think we should have a go. I've have got a, a go. couple of numbers. Got a couple of numbers. Don't. Yeah. Let's just let's just ring one again and see what happens. All right. Let's all right, go. Let's, Hello, Brent speaking. G'day, Brent. It's uh, Rob here from the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. How are you going? G'day, Rob. How are you, mate? Excellent. Excellent, mate. Um, we we decided to just, out of the blue, ring one of the coaches from the weekend that had a good win, and Wilston Grange definitely um, saluted nicely on the weekend, so we thought we'd give you a call and see how it all went. Yeah, I was thinking, whose number's this? But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for giving us a call, boys. I tune in uh, uh, each week and listen to you guys, so thanks for promoting... Queensland footy. Um, yeah, look, it was an outstanding win uh, by our senior boys up at Maroochydore. It's always hard to, to go up there and win. And, um, yeah, I was I was really pleased as a, as a, as a coach uh, in, on the style of footy we played and from, from the outset, from the first bounce. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was um, 
Yeah, it was a very good win for our club. So, Brendan here. Um, Beamer, how are you? Yeah, good, Brendan. Thanks. Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess last year was probably a fairly tough year for the Wilson Grange Footy Club. And, um, you know, I, for one, were very impressed with you guys, you know, being really proactive with on the recruiting front. How the how the boys yep. that you've got into the club sort of gelling? Yeah, look, they've been outstanding uh, since day dot. Um, you know, over the past two years, you know, we had a plan to play our, our juniors, uh, our younger players, and try and get some games into them. And, um, and we really had to start again as a footy club. And, um, and this year, with the borders opening up, we we're, were able to go up to the Northern Territory again and, um, and have a look at a few games up there. And we built a relationship with Nightcliff Footy Club and um, was lucky enough to, to recruit six or seven of their players who have moved over permanently to Brisbane. And, um, yeah, look, they've been outstanding. Obviously, Daniel Bowles, you know, who's the Nichols medalist um, up there. And, you know, he's been unbelievable. We had another 30 on the weekend, but, you know, uses the ball with precise and, and is a goal kicker. Um, Zach Westenberg, who's the first guy to sign, um, he played up there a few years ago and he played in a lower league uh, last year with his brother. But um, he's been in the ruck and he's he's been in our, our best player three out of out of five games. So um, he's been really impressive. Uh, Marley McGregor, Sanaf back, you know, another another young kid. He's only 20, but um, plays out of his skin, can go in the ruck and give us a chop out there as well. Um, and, you know, uh, Zach Westenberg is another one. Uh, Westy, uh, sorry, not Westy. Um, I've just spoken about him. Give me a look here. Um, there's, there's, there's a fair few of them. So, They're coming uh, from Zach everywhere. Dirksen, Zach Dirksen, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a winger who can push forward. You know, he's, he's a really good ball user, um, really clean hands. He's, he's got a basketball background, so he's always got time and space. But, um, yeah, there's a number of them that have come over, and um, they're probably the you know the, the five or six who've had a real influence on our footy club. So, in in a you know in a nutshell, what did you do to, or what did your players do on the weekend to sort of get the job done? In which facet of the game do you think you sort of got a hold of them with? Yeah, well, we beat them in contested footy plus forty nine. So, from the inset, you know, we we're, we're, were at them and. Uh, we won those one-on-one battles, so I was super impressed um, with with that stat. Um, obviously, our clearance work, you know, with Payne going through there, um, he's been um, ab- absolutely unbelievable. Um, he had another 37 on the weekend. Just a lazy um, 37. Led, yeah, yeah, he just gets better. He's like a um, bottle of wine, uh, old Payne, but um, he doesn't look like slowing up either, so... Um, yeah, our clearance work was really good. Um, and then, obviously, our forwards, you know, having Matty Eagles back in the side really helped straighten us up. And, you know, he took seven marks for the day and uh, kicked four goals, so he looked really dangerous. But we had a, a lot of multiple scorers um, throughout the day. Um, so Jack Manley kicked three um, and Hugh Fiddler kicked four. So, you know, it was nice to get an even spread of goal kickers. We're not just relying on one source. So, yeah, so three and two going into the bye, you'd be pleased with that? Yeah, absolutely. We knew it was going to take a little bit of time. We had, you know, the, the NT boys only got here um, a week before the season. So, you know, obviously they'd been playing up there in the uh, in the summer league. So um, it was always going to take a little bit of time to gel, but it seemed to click on the weekend. You know, round five, our fifth game in a row, um, the guys are starting to really gel and, 
yeah, that's the exciting part. Yeah, so I'd say look out to the other Quaffle teams. Look, thanks, Brent, for your time today. Mate, really appreciate it. Um, you might want to change your phone number just in case we um, <laughs> we ring that one again. But no, we really do no, appreciate no, it. And it's it's people like you, Brent, that are, are um, you know coming in coaching at, at QAFL level, which are making a huge difference on the competition. So we thank you for that. No, thanks, boys, and uh, all the best for the year. Excellent. See you later. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, boys. Wow. Brenda, that phone of yours, mate, that's pretty cool. He was great, Brent wasn't he? He was fantastic, and I said there at the end when we talked to him how great it is to have people of his football experience coaching the QAFL, and that's true. In my mind, without these names, people know Brent Maloney. They know he played for two – or AFL clubs, sorry. Um, and that kind of stuff makes – 17 players or whatever they sign new players this year makes them want to come because they know they're getting coached by um, people with good experience. So huge thanks again to Brent and the Wilson Grange Football Club who had a great win on the weekend. Let's go through the other games. Let's go through them. Um, I've got some scores here. I'll do the first couple. Labrador 13, I think it's 13-10-88. Something like that. Yeah, yeah 13-10-88 to Palm Beach 9-12-66. You were at this game. I was at this game. And look, this was a fascinating game. Uh, Labrador would have been strong favourites going in. Uh, it was up at Cook Murphy. The ground, if I'm honest, was still a bit wet. It's got a couple of drainage issues up there. But, um, you know, overall, uh, ball handling by both sides was very strong. And, look, Palm Beach definitely had their chances. Um, in the third quarter in particular, the ball was camped in PBC's forward line for much of the quarter and they were un- unable to really fully capitalise. They kicked 2-7, a couple out on a full. And as often happens, you know, the couple of times that Labrador went forward, they just went straight through the big sticks. Yeah. So it was probably, you know, they'd be ruining those opportunities. Um, I actually spoke to Nick Malcheski um, on the Sunday after the game and he, he felt they were quite rusty. And probably, I think, um, you know, it was a, in many ways a better team performance by Palm Beach, but I think the overall individual class got Labrador over the over the line. So the likes of... Um, um, Christian um, Bokeh-Smith, uh, Charlie Lang kicked three, and Cameron Ellis-Yolman, he kicked a couple of goals in that last quarter, was a big presence, and, and I really think he was the one who, who separated the two teams in the end. So, look, any win's a good win. Um, and for Palmy, look, they were well served by Liam Jones, of course, and at one stage, Jones and Henderson were playing on each other. Oh, that's awesome. So which was homecoming. To, yeah, it was great to watch. Um, and, and Tommy Tyne and um, Cornish and... Um, and son and uh, Braden, uh, sorry, Ashton Crosley were very good th- for Palm Beach. So overall, a very good game of footy. Labrador getting it done. And you said you spoke to Nick Malcheski. I spoke to him yesterday. Okay, so did he mention? And I'm just bringing this up. I'm throwing this in because Liam, who sat in for you a couple of weeks ago, lined up on Nick Malcheski on Friday night in fourth division for Coomera. Did Liam get him? No. It is fair to say that Nick Malcheski put through eleven of the big ones. And um, so, did you say how'd you go, Liam? And no, no. he said, oh, "I just had eleven kicked on me." <laughs> what What you got to understand is Liam is a great bloke, right? But he's very confident in his own ability, right? So every week, I get a text message on the Saturday morning or the Friday night, even telling me how he went. But I didn't get one this week. I knew what had happened. <laughs> I knew what had happened. Um, he had eleven kicked. Liam will tell you that none of them were kicked while he was playing on Nick Malcheski, and he'll tell you that Nick Malcheski kicked a couple of goals that were just unbelievable. <laughs> but I've got a funny feeling that Nick Malcheski is just far too good for fourth division. But, um, yeah, so, look, a good win by Labrador in a game that I think, you know, 
kind of you know they're the kind of games that you got to win at this at this stage of the season against other teams up the top part of the ladder. No doubt. Let's move on to some of the other results. Yep. Uh, so Redland had a commanding win, twenty four nineteen one six one over Mount Gravatt twelve seven seventy nine. Hammer watch. Hammer watch. Seven, seven more. So he's up to twenty three from his four games. Yep. As I said, I will run on the field when he gets to his hundred. And f- um, Caleb Franks, uh, Big Jared Huddy, and Jack Rolls. Amongst the best, and for Mount Gravatt, um, big uh, Malone, Robbie Blood, good to see him back and firing, and Jonah Light um, always gives his all. Aspley? Yeah, big win over Morningside. 2013-133 to Morningside 6-6-42. Yeah, Stackelberg kicked six. Yeah. Uh, Dawson and Banksmith. Banksmith, I've noticed, been in the best most weeks, so um, yeah, look forward to watching him in the flesh at some stage. The game that we spoke about with um, with Beamer, Richidor 14-690, Wilson Grange 17-9-111, a nice high-scoring game there. Yeah, great great uh, win by Grange as we discussed and for Marichidor, Lang and Galvin were best with Scullard kicking five. Noosa went to three out of five with an 18-14-122 win over Sherwood, the struggling Sherwood unfortunately 4-9-33. Yes, look, Sherwood have a bit undermanned at the moment with a number of players out injured. Um, I'm sure they'll start filtering back in the next couple of weeks, which will strengthen them, no doubt. But on the flip side, Noosa would be pretty happy with uh, that win. Um, so they're tracking along very nicely. And the Sunday game was Broadbeach 24-13, 157, Service Paradise 4-4-28. Yeah, the, yeah, the Mayor, Moncrief, kick 10, um, and uh, Brad Lynch probably had his best game for the club, uh, kicking four. And Brandon Chadwick continued his great um, form. And for Surface Paradise, the Evergreen, Nick Scott, um, keeps on Never getting stops, it done. Does he? And look, a special mention also to um, Danny Green, yep. a legend of Queensland footy. Hung him up. It was his last game. Um, oh, played, really? played in the reserves. Um, I think he's been in Queensland footy for about 16 years. He's a ripping fellow as well, so... Um, you know, well done to Greeny on and a fantastic yeah. career. And thanks for all those efforts. So having a quick look at the ladder, so we do have a couple of teams that have played five games. That's Noosa and Wilson Grange. Both of them are on three wins. But we've got uh, Broadbeach sitting on top with a percentage, four wins and a percentage of 180. So they're going quite nicely. Then the train, Aspley, Redland, Labrador, Palm Beach, Noosa and Wilson Grange all on three wins. Yeah, that's pretty amazing to have so many teams on the same amount of wins. So shows you how tight the competition is, particularly amongst the um, top seven or eight sides. I think the top seven and eight, Chuck Maruchidor in there on eight, in, in eighth position at the moment, who aren't a terrible team at all, who could easily upset any of the top teams in any week. And um, you've got a pretty good competition. Um, hopefully it just seems that the draw has been the way it has and some of the weaker teams have played all the top teams. But um, that's going to change around, you know, in the coming weeks and we'll have some of those teams playing off against each other and getting some confidence with a win or two in them. And likewise, a few blockbusters coming our way in future weeks. Let's have a quick look at the women's. Quick look at the women's. I have the scores here. Um, Southport, undefeated, 14-8, beat Aspley 5-2. Yuronga, 2-5-17, lost to Bond, sorry, 4-7-31. Cooperoo, a big win for them. Fantastic win for Cooperu. 6-8-44 beat 
University, my team University, because I spoke to Ross. I'm yeah, my probably team. one of the Premiership fancies, UQs, yep. um, being Premiers from last year and starting pretty well, so that's a big win for Cooperu. And then Maroochydore smacked through 11 goals, 16-82 to poor old Wilson Grange, just one goal. Um, a quick look at the ladder is on this one here. We have Southport undefeated on 20 points. Bond and Uni Queensland, the two universities on 14. Aspley and Cooperu on 12 points each. And Maroochydore in sixth on eight points. So again, another really, really close competition. So it's going well. Okay, final stretch. What will we do first? We'll do our tips first, Brendo. What do you think? I'm in. Yeah, you're in because you got six out of six last week. And I got five out of six, which now puts me four behind, but that's okay. Um, you can only t- If I tip five every week, I'll be happy. So let's have a look at this week. Mount Gravatt versus Service Paradise. Ooh, I just realised how hard a game that was to tip. Look, that's a tough one. I think uh, Surface will be stung by, you know, a disappointing uh, performance last week. Uh, so I think they'll bounce back and get the, for their first win. Go the Vultures. I'm on the Vultures bandwagon this week. I think they'll get up. Broadbeach are playing Morningside. The Cats are mine. Yeah, can't can't argue with you there. Sherwood against Palm Beach. Well, that that's a tricky one. Palmy were good last week, but Sherwood always tough at home. Yep. You know what? I'm going to tip an upset. You're tipping an upset. Yes. I'd already put you down for for the other team, so I'm going to change that. I'm going with Palm Beach because Anne told me last week that they were going to do well. Maybe we're just a week out. Um, big game, huge game, Labrador and Aspley. Without a doubt, match of the round. Match of the round. At Labrador? Yeah, look, it'd be a great game to have a look at. Hopefully it's the live stream. Um, I think Aspley are probably just travelling a little bit better than Labrador at the moment. Brenda, this could be the week, because I'm, I'm on Labrador. I'm, I'm Labrador. on Labrador. Home, um, home ground advantage. Yeah, I'm actually going to give Nick Malcheski a call. Can I borrow your phone later? Um, give him a call and see if he can strap him on for the seniors and kick 11, so see how we go. Um, the last game of the round, Maroochydore versus Redlands. Another really good game. One of the longer trips from Redland to Maroochydore. Yeah, that's, look, that is a very good it's game. It's a really tough game to, to tip, isn't it? You know what? Oh, dear me. I'm going to go for Maroochydore. Oh, boy, we've got four different this yeah, week. Yeah, we're on. Oh, boy. It's game on this it week. It is game on. I'm four behind. I could either be eight behind. I could be even or Somewhere something in between. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to do a canteen review. I didn't get to a local game this week because of going to Sydney, but I did go to the SCG and I am doing a state of origin canteen review. So this is a New South Wales canteen. And Brendo, what's the lowest score that I've given this year so far? I don't know, 32 or something? 34, I think. thirty, Whatever it was, in the 30s. Here we go. So the variety... Well, I can't fault their variety, right? You could get everything from Doritos, nachos to... No dimmies, though. No dimmies, right? So straight away, the question was asked early in the year, how many points do you lose if you don't have dimmies? The answer is two. Okay, so straight away they lose two, but they gain a point for having the SCG beef pie. They named one of their pies. So they're on nine. Not bad, eh, variety? Value for money? I needed a mortgage, mate. I, I got a fish and chips and a drink... Smack on 20. Ouch. Ouch. So value, two. Sorry, SCG. Just not up to Queensland standards. Um, the taste, yeah, it was all right. Whatever. Wasn't impressed. Wasn't unimpressed. Five. And what's the last one? Service. You know what? I've got to, I've got to give them a good score for service because the lady there, she asked me, did you come from Brisbane? And I went, yeah, technically, yeah. 
Oh, my God. And she was so friendly. But she had one problem. She was from New South Wales. <laughs> so I'm giving her a five as well for service. Total score? Uh, I don't know what that adds up. 21. 21. Uh, I promise any canteen that I come out to will not score less than 30 that I come to unless you're in New South Wales. <laughs> so um, let's finish it off this week. We've had a bit of fun. We've had some great guests as well. Um, what are we looking forward to this week? I'm really looking forward to the VFL this week. Uh, we've got Casey Demons. Yep. I almost said the Casey Scorpions there. Casey Demons. <laughs> Undefeated on top of the table. Yeah, look, they're a powerhouse club at the moment. Obviously, yep. seen his own reserves yep. um, undefeated. But Sharks are going along pretty nicely as well. So they've had a break and they'll go down there with a bit of confidence and um, they'll have a, a red-hot crack. Unfortunately, though, the game at one stage was scheduled f- as a... Uh, um, game before the main game oh, was it? at the MCG, but unfortunately that, that's not gone ahead, so they're out at Casey Fields, but I'm sure it'll be a good one anyway. It will be fantastic. I'm coming back to the QAFL this week as my highlight, or the um, what I'm looking forward to. Labrador and um, Labrador and Aspley, I think, is going to be just an absolute ripping game of football. If you're out, of, out and about on Saturday, go down and have a look at it. Yeah, Cook and Murphy Oval, 2pm. 2pm. All, all games this weekend are at 2pm So um, on Saturday, so give it a chance, so... Cannot wait to it. Yeah, it'll be a great game. Mate, it's been... We'll look at the time and it's flown again. Thank you so much, Brendo, for um, making the effort to come into the studio today. Great, Rob. Enjoyed it. Yeah, having a great time. And everyone out there, enjoy your footy this week. Um, Hopefully your team has a good day, but um, most importantly that um, the game is thriving in Queensland. And final shout-out to our guests for today. Oh, 100%. How good was Kath? They were great, and Beamer too. Beamer as well. Okay, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.